Welcome to Mad Women. Women moving ahead with determination. I'm your host, Maria Cook, and I have with me an amazing guest, Shauna, who's far less than just an ordinary person. Shauna's story is one that I felt was very, very extraordinary because she actually took the initiative to make sure that her son was held accountable for his actions, whether they actually were his intentionally, maybe not so much because the case is still current, but she knew that her son needed to be held accountable and anything that he needed to have to answer for, she made sure that it happened. I received a phone call, a phone call that for me was probably something that I had never ever experienced in my life, but it was a phone call that actually taught me, taught me that regardless of any circumstance or situation, challenges come in so many different shades that I, as a person in the community, being a mad woman, I had to be available, had to be ready and take action. And that's exactly what I did. That Sunday morning, Shauna, when I received that phone call, can you at least just tell me and the viewers just a little bit I know, just in your own words, because I know it's new, it's fresh. Getting that call around 5.15, um, where's my son, is what I was asked. What's going on, I was asked. The people in the background, no, don't tell her. Tell her to come over. So I'm in a panic at this point, because what do you mean? So... Um, she says again, where's your son? I'm not sure what's going on. Well, they say they did. Now, did you think in that moment when you received that call? Because I know that could have been two ways. What was the first reaction? That my son was gone. That That's your a, son was dead? Yes. And But that wasn't the case. It wasn't my son, but somebody's son at possibly the hands of my son of your son my only son your only son yeah oh as i call him my boy yeah. he's grown but he's still my boy exactly i jumped up to see what was going on i found out where he was i went to him and i i asked him and he told me okay and in him telling you that at that moment, you knew two things. What was the main thing that you knew? We got to go get in front of this. Yeah. You have to turn yourself in. Yeah. Which is a hard thing. The hardest, and I've been through some hard stuff. But yeah. that there, that was the hardest for me. Exactly. But it was hard. And that's why I say you are a very amazing powerful woman it ain't me it's not me yeah i'm just a body yeah. but it's not me yeah you know it's it it but the accountability i think as a parent we always find ourselves having to hold our kids accountable that's always been me zay is one of three he's my middle mm -hmm. um and once again i say he's my only boy but I've always told them, I got their backs, right or wrong. 
I'm gonna back you. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. Yes. And you got to suffer the consequences in every choice that you make. Zay was no different on this day. And that accountability had to be taken. And they did, and he didn't want to. Yes. And that's where, for me, I felt <laughs> this call came. It came where we need your help, Maria. And I will never forget that boy said, now, Shauna, as a mother, are you going to be okay with this? Are yep. you going to have peace with this? And like I told you then, I have no choice. Yep. And also, I think, I know it was more so understanding the things that you shared as to why you wanted this to happen. Yes, ma'am. And the number one thing was, I want him to be held accountable, but I also want my child to live while doing so. Yes, ma'am. Because there are so many instances where police brutality and arrests or deaths being handled by the police. But that was far from the truth for this. It was actually good community policing. It was. It, it was, was very good community policing. It was where you asked me to help you and your only request for me was to safely get your child arrested. Yes ma'am. And how many moms do that? I know right. <laughs> Not that many. And that's why I say you are a very, very good person. But I know, even for me, I even struggle with it. I even told you. I said, now, I, I just can't do this for your son. I have to do this for the victim. But I also got to do it to protect our police. To help you understand all of the angles of this case of this situation to help you understand that to safely make sure that your son is apprehended and and held accountable for his action he has to play his part as well he has to understand that any moves anything that could be a threat to the police officers they will have to act and i know for me and i wasn't <laughs> i didn't sugarcoat it and you didn't I said, he got three seconds, three seconds to make that decision. And I remember just hearing you crying on the phone. And I said, are you ready? And what did she tell me? You I don't said, have a choice. You don't have a choice. I didn't. I said, give me the number, give me the address. And you were there. I'll be there. And you were right there. And I came. And he was arrested. Yes, he was safely. Safely. Yes, Less than was. 24 hours? Yes. Yes. The was. victim of the family could actually be at peace to know that somebody that possibly was accountable for that victim's death was going to be held accountable. Yes, ma'am. And that was like, the, as a mother, that was a sigh of relief for me. Because like I said, my tears aren't just for my son. My tears are for her son as well. Yes. No mother wants that. Yep. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm a I'm a mother to a son. I remember when I came home from that scene, my son was coming home and I gave him a hug and told him out of the blue that I love him. And he didn't know why. But I just needed him to hear 
that I loved him. Because it was, it was, that was a moment where for me, it was just different. And I knew then that I had to be a voice. I had to be a voice. Like you had to share your story. I had to share my story. I know for me, I guess I can go back to even you saying you wanted to safely have your child apprehended. When I was 15 years old, 16 maybe, maybe 16. Yeah, I think I was 16. I was working. I had ordered some houndstooth tights from the JCPenney catalog book. I still to this day love houndstooth print. <laughs> but... I literally, um, we went to we went to JCPenney's. I had my sister husband take me to JCPenney's to go pick it up because I couldn't drive. And so he picked it up for me. He was in a car speeding. At the time, we lived in an area that they classified as a known drug area. He was speeding. The police didn't get behind him, but they saw him speeding because he was in a red truck that had, like, muscle tires. We didn't do drugs. We just, he was just kids speeding. And he actually did outrun that police officer, but he didn't outrun the, the um, radio. So we didn't see him behind us because it was a detective cop that was behind us. I didn't see him. I'm 16. I get out the car, jump out the car. I had on a, a, um, a sweatshirt oversized shirt shirt mm -hmm. I had on a hat and my hat was pulled back in a ponytail I ran out the car to tell my mama <laughs> how crazy that my sister husband had been driving and when I went to run out the car the next thing that I saw in my face was a gun and the only thing that I could do was scream my mama name at that moment I don't know what could have happened. I had a bag in my hand. I could have actually ran to my mom. But that moment, I just screamed my mama's name. Okay. And she heard me. My mama ran out of that house, and she put on some words and was <laughs> screaming at that police officer. And needless to say, we was moved out of that neighborhood within three weeks. And she moved us to the country. And that was a memory that I put in my forever lost okay. file. <laughs> so when I acted, I acted off of, I know what my mama would have felt like if it, if it had to happen. I know what a lot of mamas have been feeling like because of all the different movements that are happening in this community, around this country. And for you to want to do the best thing for your child, I was 100% on board. Yes, you were. And even after the fact, like we've, we've been able to meet, be able to learn, to help you find strength, to understand, to have some of your blessings, feel 
Can you share with us where you find that strength? <laughs> I'm going to say, first of all, God said, you know, you got to be mindful how you treat people because you never know when you're entertaining one of God's angels. It might not be verbatim, but, you know, it's somewhere along there. Mm -hmm. And that was you. I would have never guessed. I would have never known how, but between you and my family, been right there since this happened you along with them have been right there when I do talk to you and I I'm having a bad day because it's, I go through what I could have done different as a parent as a mother like where did I go wrong you from the very first day you told me and you don't know me Shauna this ain't this has nothing to do with you mm -mm. It doesn't. And that's all that everyone keeps telling me. It has nothing to do with you. I was in the laundromat maybe a week or two after, and um, this lady walked up to me, and she told me, continue to be a great mother. Yeah. I had my niece with me. And she didn't, she didn't even understand at that moment I needed that. Yeah. She course. said that you're doing a good job. And it wasn't even my child that I was with. But just to know that, 26 years, 23 years. I've been the only mother that I know how to be. And that's to teach my children from right and wrong and to be, try to be an example. No, I have not always gotten it right. Yeah. But in my getting it wrong, I've learned that I got to do it differently yeah. for them. Just as well as they, they've been my strength as well. They've given me a reason to fight. And that's the other thing. I think you know where a lot of this come from because you yourself have had your issues and your challenges in the criminal justice system. And those have been some of the things where me and you shared where you really felt that in the beginning that could have been the reason. You want to share some of that with us? Twenty fourteen, I was arrested um, on a probation violation. Um, I got into a car accident. I was at fault. I found out that I had a statewide warrant on me. This was in October of twenty fourteen. Come to find out, I had that warrant. It was issued January of that year. You know nothing about it. Was reporting to my PO how I was supposed to. I was instantly arrested, didn't know why or what was going on. Um, I got arrested in October. I was sentenced in November to 10 years, eight months, 18 days to the state pen for a probation violation that I had done nine years and eight months only. It was my birthday. I have a 17-year-old, her birthday is October 14th. When I left her, I told her that I'd be back and we were gonna celebrate her birthday. I didn't see that baby for two years. But the only thing I heard the judge say was 10 years. My children had never been away from me. I had one graduating high school, one going to high school, and my baby girl was eight. Wow. Never had I ever taught them that I was gonna ever not be with them. I didn't understand the system then. 
but knowing that I was going to do 10 years and not be able to see them, I had no understanding. When my mother found out, she instantly called and put me on suicide watch. Wow. Because she didn't, she knew that I, I couldn't. I knew that I couldn't. But you did. I did. But in the beginning, I seen myself not coming out, not being where I'm at right now today. Because oh, yes. I told God, I can't do this without my children. I won't give them that time. They won't get 10 years out of me. They won't. I'll leave here before I give them 10 years. But again, I found favor. Mad I'm woman. still supposed to be locked up today. Yeah. Even in prison, you were still determined in your faith. If my faith got stronger, being, seeing what I was up against. Your children. This, that, this ain't my life. Yeah. I refused to become accustomed to this life. So I didn't. I didn't. I refused to. I didn't let my family see me. They only got to see me once in those two years. And once I seen them, I was okay. I came up one day and I was told that you need to get ready. Get ready for what? They said, Shawna, you going home. I was like, no. Nah, I still got to do 65% of my time. Glory what you God. mean? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. The warden herself pulled me off call, and she said, I ain't finna go home. Yeah. I said, that's what they say, but I don't know. It's faith. She said, well, have you called your family? No, ma'am. She pulled out her personal phone and called my mother and told my mother, I need somebody to pick her up on Friday. I heard my mother screaming because <laughs> we, we hadn't prepared for that. Mm. But even in the midst of meeting you just like then, I knew that God still had a hold on my son because who would have known that I would have met you and you would have made this easy. This is not an easy situation even now. No, and it still isn't. And because it's where it's a situation, and this is where even I know I shared it with you, where I felt guilty. I felt guilty where I felt I should have been more supportive of the victim's family, not necessarily the assailant. But you're a victim as well. Your family is a victim. Everybody took a loss that day. Everybody took a loss that day. Regardless of whose side, their family has lost someone, you have lost someone, your daughter, your children are suffering. Your daughter even had to stop going to school yes. and had to go to homeschool for her yes. senior year because her brother has been in this situation. And it's where the anger is there because someone listening to this story will probably say, but we lost, but we, and you still have. But it doesn't. That's not the truth. Because these aren't tears of acting. These are real hurt tears. Yes. You will. You are in the position where I would call my soaking phase. You are still in that position of I gotta get up. I gotta keep moving. I know that if I don't, my child will be lost. 
Same thing with a mother who lost her child. I yes. don't know that person. No, you don't. But I got to get up. I got to get up. I got to keep moving. If I don't, somebody else's child will be lost. And that's why I know that you are really setting an example because so many families are losing their young black boys to gun violence. But it takes more parents like you to allow your children to understand that if you do, I love you, but you will be held accountable. Yes, ma'am. And, and, and that is, for me, where my very first profession was criminal justice. I was a probation officer. And I got out of that profession because I got tired of putting black boys to jail. I got out of that profession because I felt the rehabilitation system of the criminal justice system was something that was a cycle that I felt that could not be broken. But it can. And then what it takes is the community. It takes the community helping the law enforcement officers. It takes the law enforcement officers working with the community. It takes everybody understanding there is no fault. There is no blame. It's just really, truly understanding that we have to keep moving ahead with determination to make sure that our children are not lost. I know that this story, although it's still new, and there are so many other pieces to this, so many people are lost and hurt in this. But you sharing your story allow others to actually see on the opposite side of what that grief looks like as well for you. Because you're going through all of the different phases of a loss. Your son, although his actions or whatever those actions may have been, he's also going through those same phases. Whether it's accepting his faults, whether it's not really understanding, but you are being a parent, having that strength for him, still praying for him, helping him understand and have that accountability to hopefully one day, even if he can be a voice to maybe somebody else, that he can allow them to understand that the first thing of any senseless step, any type of senseless step, is to think about your actions. Before you act, think about your actions. Because all of the things that are happening now that are transpiring, if we could actually see these things, and we could actually see how it's affecting you, his sisters, the victim's family, his son, his son that will probably never get to see him ever, and you have to be there, these are the things that more of our children, more of our communities need to really see first before they actually take those actions. And these are the things that I feel compelled 
to really allow people to see. Because when I got out of the criminal justice system, I wanted change. And how that change happens, it starts with you. It starts with me. Are there any other things that you feel that even telling a victim's family, if you could actually speak to that victim's mother, what would you tell her? I would let that mother know that I'm sorry. I truly am sorry. I'm sorry for everything that she's going through mm-hmm. behind my son's actions. Of course. No mother ever wants to be on either side of this. But one thing I can say, I knew that I had, my child had to be held accountable for what he did. And I do apologize. I do. Like I said, I don't cry just for my son. I cry for her loss as well. Because yes. I know it's not easy. But from mother to mother, I'm sorry. I really and truly am sorry. You're an amazing person. And you keep having your strength. And you keep being the mother that you are. Loving your children, regardless of their actions. Regardless of their faults. Thank you so much for joining me for Mad Women Podcast. Please share it and join us again. Have a good day.